Everyone have a beautiful uh, snow day. <laughs> we continue, we left off the Gemara 72a, top of the page. So the Mishnah said that a Pesach, a carbon Pesach, that you slaughtered not for its own sake, you had a mind, a different carbon, and you slaughtered it on Shabbos, so you violated Shabbos, you desecrated Shabbos, you have to bring a sin offering. You thought that you're allowed to take a carbon Pesach and offer it because it's in the day before Pesach, and uh, you thought you're allowed to offer it even if you have a mind for another uh, sacrifice. But the reality is, that since you sacrificed, you had a mind that was not for its own sake, it was for another sacrifice, Pesach and Chatas are completely disqualified. With the wrong thought, you're completely disqualified. So it's invalid. So I slaughtered for no reason, for nothing. I desecrated Travis, I have to bring a sin offering. So your mother says, but my skin on what is the looking mother, what are we talking about over here? If you're gonna say that he made a mistake. In other words, he made a mistake. He didn't realize it was a, it was a carbon pesach that this animal was designated for carbon pesach. He really genuinely thought that this was a different type of animal, animal that was designated for another sacrifice. So he made a mistake. So Shamad Mino, if that's the case, and we can learn from here, Akira Betoy is Have Akira. There's an argument. There's a whole argument in the Gemara whether when the Torah says that if you have something in mind, a wrong intent, if you have a mind, a wrong intent, then it, it disqualifies the sacrifice. So there's an argument whether if it was a mistake. But Torah was a mistake. I didn't realize it. I, I mistakenly, I mistook, I thought that it was a, um, a different animal altogether, a different sacrifice altogether. Whether that, and then that case, you can also uproot the original sacrifice. There's one opinion that says that uh, an uproot, if you uproot by mistake, it's not, it's not a, um, and that's the halacha, that it's not, it's not considered uprooting. Uprooting is only if you do it intentionally. I know that this is a carbon pesa. And nevertheless, I decided I want to offer as a shlavan. Right. Then you have the power to uproot. But if the whole thing is a mistake, it's a false assumption. False assumption, you know, false assumption, false elections, false assumption, the whole thing is one big mistake. So it's, you can't uproot it. Akira is have akira. Hello, you have to say, so you must say that from the Mishnah, you can bring a proof. The Mishnah maybe is talking about he did it intentionally. And therefore, he has the power to uproot. It's no longer carbon pesah because he had a he knew it was a carbon pesah. He knew it was designated as a carbon pesah. Nevertheless, he intentionally uprooted it and had a mind for a different sacrifice. And therefore, he has the power to uproot it. And therefore, he invalidates the whole carbon and he has to bring a, a, a sacrifice. So that's the case. He can't prove from the mission one way or the other. Save that. But if you're going to learn that our mission is talking about oikir, safer. How about the second case in the mission? All other sacrifice, not a carbon pesach. let's say pizza offerings. which you slaughtered for the sake of pesach. Let me offer the sacrifice as a carbon pesach. If it was an animal that wasn't worthy, wasn't uh, fit for bringing a carbon pesach. A carbon pesach has to be either a sheep, a male sheep, a male goat less than a year old. If it's a female sheep, if a female. Goat. Or if it's a male it's sheep or goat, but it's over a year, or if it's cattle, even a calf, no it's no good. So, according to everyone, you're liable because it wasn't fit for a carbon pesa. So, you, you desecrated Shabbos for no reason, you slaughtered an animal for no reason. But if 
The Mishnah says, if they are fit, if it was a male sheep, a male goat less than a year old, so here we have an argument, and, but it was a different carbon, it was a carbon shlame, whatever, and you had a mind to offer it as a sacrifice, as a Pesach, so that's the argument in Abelazar and Rabbi Shur. Abelazar says the bottom line is you desecrated Shabbos for no reason because it's not a qualified. You can't take another sacrifice and offer it as a carbon Pesach. So therefore, it's not it's not a kosher carbon Pesach. So then you have no right to offer it and to sacrifice it. So you're liable. You desecrated Shabbos. Rabbi Shur Peter. Rabbi Shur says no. Rabbi Shur exempts him from Rechatas because since you were engaged. <laughs> in a mitzvah, you're engaged, you're busy with the mitzvah of a carbon pace. And at the end of the day, you did a mitzvah. Offering a sacrifice, any sacrifice, is fulfilling a mitzvah. I fulfilled a mitzvah. So you fulfilled a mitzvah. Yes, not, I'm not a mitzvah that overrides Shabbos. But I was busy with a mitzvah that overrides Shabbos. Therefore, he says, you're exempt. Now, if we're talking about in the case, since you said that you established at the beginning of the mission, the first part of the mission, is talking about when he intentionally was aiked, he knew it was a carbon paste. And nevertheless, he offered it as a shlubman, let's say, or a burnt offering. But so if we hear too, we have to say he's talking about the same case, the same scenario. He knew it was a carbon shlubman, it wasn't a carbon paste. Nevertheless, he intentionally said, you know what, let me bring this as a, as a Pesach offering. If that's the case, Mali Ruyin, Mali Ruyin. If it's not a mistake, here the whole reason Rabbi Shua says you're exempt because you were made a mistake. You were busy with a mitzvah. In other words, you're blaming the Torah. The Torah caused me to make this mistake. Since I was busy with doing a carbon pesach, so therefore I made a mistake. I took an animal. I saw an animal in the courtyard. I thought it was a pesach. It turned out it was a shlamim, and therefore. And therefore, since I did a mitzvah, I fulfilled a mitzvah, because offering any sacrifice fulfilling a mitzvah. Yet, yes, it wasn't a mitzvah that overrides Shabbos, but I was busy. The Torah made me busy with a mitzvah that overrides Shabbos, so it was a mistake. So Rabbi Shua says, in this case, there's no sin offer. Because I can blame it on the Torah. It's the Torah's fault. I wouldn't be in this position without the Torah. In this case, there's no sin offer. But if you're talking about Ba'oikir intentionally, if he did it intentionally, he knew it was a pizza offering, and yet he offered it as a pizza offering. Then even Rabbi Yeshua would agree, that's not a toya. You can't blame the toya for this. Who gave you a right to take a pizza offering? You know that a carbon Pesach overrides Shabbos, not a pizza offering. You decided to take a pizza offering and offer it as a carbon Pesach. Okay, maybe you thought that I could do that. So then it's ignorance. You can't blame the Torah, blame your ignorance. You should have come to the Kailal, you should have learned, and you would have known that you can't change a sacrifice. But you can't blame the Torah for it. So it's a mistake like any other mistake, and you would have to bring, you'd be liable to bring a carbon chatas. Surely the second part is talking about a Torah. In the case we took another animal and offered it as a Pesach, talking about he made a mistake. The first case, he took a carbon pesach and he offered it uh, for a different, uh, not for its own sake, for a different and uh, a different type of carbon. There, you're talking about ba'ik. He did an intention, because if it was a mistake, then it would be a valid sacrifice. He wouldn't need any chattas. It would be a valid carbon pesach, which overrides Shabbos. So you must say ba'ik according to that opinion. And the, and the second, right immediately right after that, the case where he takes another animal, he's talking about he made a mistake. Yes, 
He was teaching a great multitude of people. There were a lot of teachers. How do you explain our mission? Again, it was very puzzling. The beginning, the second part of the mission, the first half. So he explained to him, he clarified to him, the Reisha is talking about Ba'ikir, and the Seif, for the second case, is talking about Betoyah, he made a mistake. So Rabbi Yitzhak by Yosef, Tanamine, learned from Nabavua, Arboyin Zimnin, he learned it, he heard it from him 40 times. Like he had it in his pocket. You have to review and review and review to learn something 40 times until it's drilled into your head, drilled into your brain, like you have it in your pocket. In other words, he was so to learn to understand this Mishnah properly and the first part is talking about to understand this whole idea and Eikr and Toya and the different cases, scenarios he learned it again and again, he heard it from Rabbi Abahu again and again he didn't tire from hearing it again and again until he finally got it absorbed it um, uh, now we learn the Mishnah um, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer argued Rabbi Yeshua if Pesach which you're allowed to bring for the sake of a carbon Pesach. You have to bring on Shabbos. But if you change it, if you bring that carbon Pesach that was designated as a carbon Pesach, but you, not for its own sake, you had a mind to bring as a, 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 a shlum, let's say, you're liable. Other sacrifices. You're not allowed to bring it for their own sake. It doesn't override Shabbos. They doesn't give you permission to bring a, a peace offering on Shabbos, a burnt offering, a donation on Shabbos. How much more so when you change its name, not for its own sake? You had a mind for carbon pesach. Surely you should be liable to bring a carbon chattas. So why do you, Rabbi Yeshua, say you're exempt from a carbon chattas? Okay, so that's the quote of the Mishnah. So now the Gemara is asking, and if you're going to tell me that we're talking about he made a mistake, if the Reish is talking about he was oiket, he intentionally uprooted, versus the safe in the case of the other and the other sacrifice that he brought for the sake of a Pesach, it's talking about a case where he made a mistake. So it's not, how could you compare the two? You know why in the Reish, in the first case, when he takes a carbon Pesach and he offers it for the for a different type of type of carbon, you violated Shabbos. You have to bring a sin offering because he did it intentionally. He, he knew it was a carbon Pesach, and yet he offered it as a carbon shlavim. There, you have no excuse. Of course, you've desecrated Shabbos. You can't blame the Torah. The Torah is telling you bring a carbon Pesach. You decided to bring a carbon shlavim because you you thought that you're that it's allowed. That's your problem. Your ignorance. Don't blame Hashem for it. Surely you're liable for carbon chata. That would explain it. But. The safer betoya, but the end, the the second case where he takes another animal. There we're talking about a case we made a mistake, an innocent mistake. He sees an animal wandering in the courtyard. He thought it's somebody's carbon pesach. Let me offer his carbon pesach. He didn't realize it was a carbon shlum that made. So maybe in that case you're not liable because he was busy with a he was busy with a mitzvah. Everyone around him is doing a carbon pesach. He surely thought this was a carbon pesach. So it was Hashem's fault that he made this mistake. So otherwise he would never have come to make this mistake. So therefore, Rabbi Yeshua holds he's not liable the chatas. What's our beloved? are asking Rabbi Yeshua. So if you mutter, you mutter answers, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer, he doesn't make a distinction. It doesn't matter. So the bottom line is that that he took an animal that was a shlamim and he brought it as a, as a carbon pesa. So if he would have brought a shlamim for the sake of shlamim, he would have to bring a carbon chatas. So how much more so? He brings a shlamim for, for a carbon pesa. Surely he has to bring a carbon chatas.
But Rabbi Yeshua, who does make a distinction, that, that's, where, that's what should have been his answer. He gives a different explanation. What was Rabbi Yeshua's answer to Rabbi Yeshua? It's Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Shua responded. Rabbi Lezer, he says, no, there he changed it for something that, that's, that's prohibited. He took a carbon Pesach and he had in mind the sacrifice which he's not allowed to sacrifice on, on Shabbos. doesn't override Shabbos. But in our case, he took a carbon Shlomim and he changed it for carbon Pesach which does override Shabbos. Why didn't he answer him? Simply, there it's Oiker. There he did it intentionally. Here it was a mistake. So the Gemara explains... This is what Rabbi Shua responded to According to me, there's no question in the first place. How could you compare the two? In the, in the first part, he did it intentionally. That's why he's liable for karm khatas. And But in the other sacrifice, it was a mistake. So therefore, he's exempt. But even according to you, you don't make this distinction. From your question, I see you don't make that distinction. So, you, but nevertheless, even according to you, even according to your logic, you should agree with me that it should be exempt from a sin offering. Because even though the Torah allows Pesach and override Shabbos, but since he changed it for something that's prohibited, that's why he's liable for Karmel Chatas. You're going to say the same by Yes, the Torah doesn't allow other sacrifices, doesn't override Shabbos, but he changed it for something that the Torah does allow. For a carbon Pesach. So therefore, in this case, he's exempt from a chathos. Amalei Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer responded back to Rabbi Yeshua's argument. The, uh, the parts of the animal that are offered on the altar will prove that yeah, they are allowed, if it's offered, right? The sac- public sacrifices override Shabbos. You have to bring in a slaughter in Shabbos and, and, and burn it in Shabbos. But if you slaughter it, if you slaughter other animals for the sake of a carbon tzibur, so over there you don't say, well, he changed it for something that's permissible. He took another animal, a regular animal, his own animal, and he had a mind, he's going to bring it as a carbon tzibur, which, which overrides Shabbos. Over there, even you admit that, that he's obligated to bring a carbon tzibur. So I'm like, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua says, no, there's no comparison. You know, I there, I admit, and it's surely as the life of a karma chatas, lo, yimama b'muritzibur, shikin yeshlem kitzvah, because it's a set, it's a, it's a set amount. Taylor says, how many sacrifices you have to bring, the daily sacrifices, the musaf, on Shabbos, it's two, whatever, yomtif, it's a, it's a set, it's a, it's a limited amount. So therefore, he had no excuse, he had no reason to take his carbon and offer a carbon tzibur. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't like everyone was busy with a carbon tzibur. It's a set amount. The Kayanim know what they have to do. Well, what, what, who, it's not your business to suddenly start bringing a carbon tzibur. There is no limit. Every Jew has to bring. Like we learned the other day, the, 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 they counted there were a million two hundred thousand uh, sacrifices, right? Not people, sacrifices. Each sacrifice had over ten people appointed, designated to they wanted to take a census. That's how, that's how they counted. They took a census. So since everyone is busy with it, therefore, in this case, it's, you can understand why he made a mistake. And therefore, the Torah exempts him from bringing a sin offering. He saw a carbon there. He saw an animal there. He thought, for sure, this must be a carbon Pesach. And he was doing the guy a favor by offering it, not realizing it was a carbon Shlomim. That's why, in that case, he's exempt from a carbon Chatos. 
Are you trying to say, Rabbi Yeshua is trying to say, Are you telling me that wherever anything is fixed, Rabbi Yeshua will agree that you're liable, you have to be in Karmachatas, but it's not so. But 18 Nikas, little babies, the Ashland kids were. Right, there's a limited amount. How many babies do you have? A, a single, a, a twin, a triplet, a bris. But tonight we learned in the Mishnah and Shabbos, we learned this already. A person had two babies. One baby, the eighth day was Sunday. One baby, the bris was Shabbos. The eighth day was Shabbos. And one yeah, maybe one came out on Shabbos and then the second the second twin came out an hour later. It was already Sunday. Right, right. Yeah. And he forgot. He made a mistake. He mixed it up. He circumcised the wrong one. The one of the Sunday baby. He circumcised on Shabbos before the time. It was seven days old. He didn't even fulfill any mitzvah. He's liable because he didn't do any mitzvah. Uh, Even though he was busy with a briz that overrode Shabbos, he was busy with a real mitzvah to take care of the. But, but he, the wrong day. he got he got he got the wrong baby. The wrong baby. He got the wrong child, and he and he didn't end up doing any mitzvah. He holds if you don't do if you don't end up doing a mitzvah if you end up doing a mitzvah even if you're busy with a mitzvah when do we say if you're busy with a mitzvah so you blame it on Hashem the only reason that this this mistake happened is because of you because I was busy with your commandment that, uh, which overrides Shabbos by mistake I ended up uh, circumcising a child so then you say you're exempt from chatzah but only if you end up doing a mitzvah in the case of the baby it was the Sunday baby I didn't end up do any mitzvah. Because he's seven days old when I cut him, so I didn't fulfill the bris. So wait, therefore, you're liable. Don't we say that well, before you can go on to the next mitzvah, you have to finish the first mitzvah. So if he was properly doing the first one, he would never come into trouble in the second. No, no, he 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 was he was planning to cut the the Shabbos baby. By mistake, he got mixed up, and by mistake, he took. They looked alike, twins. <laughs> by mistake, he took the wrong baby. He didn't remember which one was the, the seventh or the eighth. He made a mistake. Okay, fine. He didn't. He made a he made a mistake. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He made a mistake. So in that case, since since he didn't end up fulfilling any mitzvah, therefore he's liable. He desecrated Shabbos. Making a bris on Shabbos, he's desecrating Shabbos. He's making a wound. Ech, but what if he had two babies? Ech, he had a Friday baby. And the second baby was a Shabbos baby. And he didn't yet circumcise, for whatever reason, he didn't circumcise the Friday baby. Maybe, maybe he wasn't feeling well. He wasn't circumcised the Friday baby. But the Friday baby, you're not allowed to cut on Shabbos. Because a baby, only if it's the eighth day, does a push of Shabbos. If it, anyway, it's not the eighth day, you have to wait, you have to wait. Then it doesn't override Shabbos. And he was getting ready to make the bris for the Shabbos baby. He forgot. He mixed it up. And he circumcised the Friday baby on Shabbos. So here we have an argument. In this case, Abelezer says the bottom line is 
desecrated Shabbos because you're not allowed to. It doesn't override Shabbos. A bris is not on time. The baby, the Friday baby, since anyway it wasn't on time, it does not override Shabbos. He desecrated Shabbos. He has to bring a lie. Which says no. Since he was busy with a mitzvah, it was Hashem's fault. Hashem told him to get busy with a with an eight day old child, a Shabbos baby. So he was. That's the only reason he came to make his whole mistake in the first place. He was busy with the baby by mistake. He ended up. He ended up circumcising the wrong baby, the Friday baby. But the bottom line is, he did a mitzvah by circumcising the Friday yeah, baby because yeah. he has. He's already nine days he old. He's nine days. Yeah. Not only is the good intentions, he also did a mitzvah. So yeah. in that case, you're exempt from a sin offering. So we see, even though a bris has, has is a fixed a fixed thing, it's only right. one baby, two babies, mm-hmm. whatever. Nevertheless, since it was a mistake, you're exempt. So why do, so therefore Rabbi argument is a good argument. Why does Rabbi Yeshua agree in the case of a public offering that if a person takes his private uh, sacrifice and, and has in mind as a public offering, you're liable for chattas? Why? You can't tell me because it's a fixed amount. Well, a bris is also a fixed amount. And nevertheless, since you were busy with a mitzvah, you had a mind to do a mitzvah, and you did a mitzvah. Because bringing any sacrifice, I'm, bring, I'm doing a mitzvah. I made a promise. I made a, it's a mitzvah to, to bring a sacrifice. You're obligated to bring your sacrifice. So therefore, I did a mitzvah, so I should be exempt. But Rabbi Ami explained, you know what are talking about over here? You're right. Really, you should be exempt. But you know what we're talking about over here? You're going to cut them all, so that Shabbos Talking about first, 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 he circumcised the Friday baby and chops. He half the Shabbos the Torah baby. In other words, he didn't yet circumcise the Shabbos baby. The difference between our case and the case of the carbon Sibur that here the Shabbos baby wasn't yet circumcised. So he was busy. He was legitimately busy with a Shabbos baby. He had a right to be busy with the Shabbos baby. The Torah made him busy. By mistake, he instead he cut, he cut the Friday baby. But Hacha, in the case of, in the, case of the carbon Sibur, here they already slaughtered, they already offered the, the, the public sacrifice. So the mitzvah was already done. So therefore he had no right to get busy with the carbon Sibur. It was already done. But you're right, if the carbon Sibur was not brought yet, then it wouldn't matter. That's not the criteria. Yeshle kitzvah, enle kitzvah. That's not the criteria. It doesn't matter if it's, a, if it's many or if it's one, if it's limited. The criteria is in the case of the bris. The bris, was a, was, he was still in the middle of the bris. He was still in the middle of cutting the right baby. He didn't yet get to it. Therefore, when he makes a mistake, since he was busy, legitimately busy, with a mitzvah that overrides Shabbos, and instead he did a mitzvah, which does not override Shabbos, but uh, nevertheless he did a mitzvah. Therefore, it's exempt from karmachatos. In the case of a karmach tzibur, it was already brought, so he had no he had no legitimate reason to to, to, to be engaged in the, in the mitzvah. It was already done. So therefore, even though he ended up doing a mitzvah, bringing any sacrifices a mitzvah, nevertheless, you are liable. If that's the case, Yehochi. Rameir, when it says Rameir in our mission, it says Rameir argues, and he says, 
So Rameiru argues, holds, he says that anyone who takes his private animal and and he brings it as a carbon tzibur on Shabbos, he exempt. So you're telling me, Avagav the Kadim Veshachtinu Leimuri Tzibur Bereisha? It means Rameiru holds that even though the community already brought the the Kainim already brought the, uh, the the public offering, nevertheless Rameiru holds is still exempt. How can you say that? But Tani, we learned the Brisa. Rabchia may ovel order from the city ovel order. Amar Rameir said in the name Rameir that leinechluku. Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Yishu he clarified. Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Yishu are not arguing al shaylish neiti neikus. Someone who had two two babies. Echad lamalad of Shabbos. Echad lamalad of Shabbos. One baby was a Friday baby. Another baby, second baby, was a Shabbos baby. And he forgot the Moshe of Shabbos, but Shabbos, by mistake, he, he, he uh, circumcised a Friday baby on Shabbos. In that case, everyone holds the Chayim. Everyone holds, he's liable. Even though he did a mitzvah, he's liable. Why? Because he circumcised both babies. And first he circumcised the Shabbos baby first. And then he circumcised the Friday baby. So even though he did a mitzvah, but since the Shabbos baby was already taken care of, was already done, so he has no legitimate business being engaged in a mitzvah. You can't blame Hashem for this. He's done. He already did the baby, the Shabbos baby. So now, why, why, why are you getting busy with making a bris? So therefore, you're liable for, 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 for a karmachatas. He made a mistake. He thought that you're allowed to, uh, a nine-day-old baby, you're allowed to circumcise and shop. So it's his problem. It's his mistake. Can't blame Hashem for that. And he wasn't busy, he wasn't, yeah, he did a mitzvah, but he wasn't busy with a mitzvah that overrides Shabbos. That was already done already. What are they arguing about? Aman Nechleku, what's Abelazim Bishu arguing about in the case? He had two babies. He had a Sunday baby. And he circumcised the Sunday baby on Shabbos. So then that's an argument. Abelazim Chayyachatas. Abelazim holds you liable. And Abishu says. You're exempt. Why? Because since he was busy with the Shabbos baby, here he, here he didn't circumcise both. Here he didn't circumcise both. He just circumcised the Sunday baby. But since, therefore, since he was busy, legitimately busy, the Torah made him busy. It's Hashem's fault. The Torah made him busy with the Shabbos baby. So by mistake, he made a mistake, and instead he didn't say, even though he didn't do a mitzvah. That's not the criteria. It doesn't matter. He did a mitzvah, didn't a mitzvah. All that matters is he was legitimately busy with, with a, a mitzvah that overrides Shabbos. So we see clearly that according to that mayor, once you're ready, fulfill the mitzvah. Since in the case where you already circumcised the Shabbos baby and then you circumcised the Friday baby, everyone holds you liable. So how can you say our Mishnah? How could our Mami explain that our Mishnah that says that when you bring a carbon tzibur, you're liable is talking about they already brought the carbon tzibur and then our mayor comes and argues with that? We see that our mayor would agree with that. Once the carbon tzibur is already brought, that then, then you're not busy with a the mitzvah, then, then you would be liable. So we must be talking about a case where... He didn't, the community did not bring it yet. And nevertheless, Rabbi Shur agrees that you're liable. 
you must say because it's kitzvah. Because it's limited, because it's so therefore, what's a, why, why is the bris any different? Why is the. So your mother says, Vetizbida. Do you really consider of the Brice reasonable? Vetizbida? Does it make sense to you? How do you explain the logic of the Brice? Ma, possibly, of it, Mitzvah Pater Rabbi Yeshua. There, in the Sunday baby, I didn't even do a Mitzvah. Nevertheless, Rabbi Yeshua says, you're exempt. When I do the Friday baby, yes, it's a nine days. I did a mitzvah. What's the logic? Makes no sense. So Amrit Vedabiani explained that Aisha can Shakatum Moshe Shabbat, better Shabbat. Aisha is talking about that he mixed up the two babies. The Shabbos baby circumcised on Friday. And the Friday baby circumcised on Sunday, on Shabbos. And he didn't make, he didn't realize his mistake. They were twins, they looked alike. So he didn't realize, you know, one was born on Shabbos, one was born Friday, one was born an hour later on Shabbos, the end of Friday, and the other came out on Shabbos. They looked alike and he made a mistake. He didn't realize his mistake. He really thought that this is the Shabbos baby and this is this is the Friday baby. So even though according to him, he was busy with the mitzvah, so he said, hey, I blame Hashem. Listen, you made me busy. I wouldn't have made this mistake only because of you. But no, since it was not the fact, it wasn't the reality. Even though you did a mitzvah, because it was your ignorance. I mean, it was your mistake. Don't blame Hashem for this. The, 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 the Shabbos baby... The Shabbos baby you're already circumcised. Now you were busy with a Friday baby which you have no right to be busy with. It doesn't override Shabbos. And the second half, where you have the Sunday baby and the Shabbos baby, there, the Shabbos, and you mixed up the two, there, the Shabbos was given to be pushed off for the Shabbos baby. So you, you were legitimately busy with a Shabbos baby. There is a Shabbos baby that needs to be circumcised. You're just pushing it off a Sunday because you made a mistake. But the truth is, the Torah is telling you, be busy with that Shabbos baby and needs to be circumcised on Shabbos at the right time. So therefore, even though you didn't do, end up doing a mitzvah at all, nevertheless, you're exempt. So therefore, so someone who slaughters your own personal sacrifice for the sake of the, of the community sacrifice, so Shabbos is given, Shabbos, you're allowed to override the carbon tzibur, you're allowed to slaughter Shabbos. It doesn't matter that they already brought it, or already offered it. Shabbos was allowed to override. In the case of Bris, the Friday baby, the Shabbos baby, you're already circumcised, so then you're already circumcised. Tough luck, nothing you can do. So there's no baby here that needs to be overridden. It's just your ignorance, you made a mistake. There, the Torah allows you, commands you to override Shabbos for the sake of a carbon zibur. So where the child circumcised in seven days is still kosher? Not kosher, but you can't circumcise again. <laughs> you only circumcise once. You can't circumcise again. Once it's circumcised, it's done. That's true. I mean, Nothing you can do. So it's, still it's done. A no, so there's no mitzvah now. There's nothing I can do. I, I, I can't. There's no baby here that needs to be circumcised. There's nothing here. 
There's, there's nothing here. In the case of a carbon sibur, there is a, an obligation to bring a public offering. It doesn't matter if it was brought or wasn't brought. There is an obligation to bring a, car, a public offering on Shabbos. In the case of the baby, there is no baby here. There's no commandment here. There's no baby here that needs to be circumcised on Shabbos. He doesn't exist anymore. It was done already by mistake in the seventh day. It was a nine-day-old baby, right? Yeah, but but he not doesn't override Shabbos. Right, right. Doesn't override Shabbos. It's not the right. Exactly. But in the case of the Sunday baby and the Shabbos, even though the Sunday baby, but he was busy. There is a baby here that needs to be, and that's why he's exempt. Even though he didn't end up doing a mitzvah. That that's how the way Daviani explains. Asians call them all Shabbat of Shabbos. Shleinitnu Shabbos Litchis. There's no baby here. There's no baby here that needs uh, that needs to be circumcised. There's no obligation there. The safer nitna Shabbos litchis etlish. The safer when you mix up the Shabbos baby with the Sunday baby. There is a baby here that the Torah is telling you you have to push off Shabbos. Just your mistake. Even though he ended up circumcising, he didn't even end up doing a mitzvah. Nevertheless, you're exempt from a sin offering. But here, here. The Shabbos is allowed. That's what a mayor holds. Since Shabbos, you're allowed to override. There is a, a mitzvah here that overrides Shabbos, the carbon tzibur, the public. So it doesn't matter if it was brought already, not brought. Since Shabbos, there is a, an obligation. There is something here that obligates you to bring a carbon tzibur. So if he ends up taking his own carbon and bringing it for the sake of a carbon tzibur, and you end up doing a mitzvah here also because you're offering a sacrifice, you're doing a mitzvah. So therefore, but the, so therefore, you're exempt. That's what I've made holes. You're exempt from a carbon copy. That's what he wanted to. That's why he left. Once it's already brought, isn't it already brought? Doesn't matter. Would it be like there? There's no baby. Risk? There's no baby. There's no obligation. Period. There's nobody here. There's nobody here to override Shabbos. There, since the Torah tells me that uh, the yeah. carbon seed would override Shabbos, there is an obligation yeah, on the yeah. day to override Shabbos. A carbon seed. Whether it's an error. Yeah, it already happened. Whether it's an error or not. Exactly. Right? Uh, right. According to this logic, here too. A bris also. Yes, you tell me there's no obligation. There's nothing that overrides Shabbos because the baby was already circumcised on Friday. The Shabbos baby was circumcised. But but there are many Jews and many brisim. There's always a bris somewhere in the world on Shabbos. So so the Torah, so there is the Torah was given. The Shabbos is ready to be overridden for a bris. So therefore, he should be exempt if he made a mistake. As he says, It's not his baby. <laughs> it's not his baby. We're talking about his baby. The carbon sibur is an obligation on the entire Jewish people. Here, it's not his baby. The fact that this baby is this brisen, the mazel tov, what's have to do with you? For you, the title was not given. There was no overriding of Shabbos. There's no instance here. There's no case here that the title would command you to override Shabbos. Your baby is done. Then the mission says, other sacrifices, let's say a peace offering, that he offered for the sake of Pesach, if they're not fit for bring a carbon Pesach, they're not a male sheep or goat less than a year old, then you're liable. They're not fit for carbon Pesach. Everyone holds you, you have to bring a sin offering. You desecrated Shabbos for no reason. You should have known, everyone knows what qualifies for carbon Pesach. There's no excuses here. So you made a mistake, and therefore you have to bring a karma chatas. You can't blame Hashem for this. But if they are fit, if, they, if you offered a, a peace offering that was a male goat or sheep less than a year old, Rabbi Lezer says you desecrated Shabbos and you're liable for karma chatas. Rabbi Shua Peter says, no, you're exempt. 
Who holds? Who is the Tana that holds or is it, makes a distinction between if it's fit or if it's not fit? Abishimani. This is the opinion of Abishimani. Tani will learn the Braise. Echad azvochim aduyim. Echad azvochim shenen ruyim. Sacrifices which are fit. Sacrifices are not fit. Chein ashreichel shemem muritzib v'potiv And if someone slaughters a personal sacrifice for the sake of the communal sacrifice on Shabbos, you're exempt. Diver ameyem. Amir Abishimani. Abishimani said, Lenech to Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shual shenen ruyim. Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon don't argue if they're not fit, even Rabbi Yeshua holds a chayev in that case. Amen, Nechliko, what are they arguing about? When they are fit, Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon So this is Rabbi Shimon, and that's what our mission is following Rabbi Shimon's understanding. Rabbi Shimon said, Rabbi Shimon used to exempt, I feel an ego. Even the calf shall zivchishlam. Shachol shema pesach. The mayor says, like it says in the brayse, it doesn't matter if it's fit or if it's not fit. Even a calf, which is not fit for carbon pesach, a peace offering. But if you had a mind, the shame pesach, you're exempt. Amalei Rabzeira Rabibi Rabzeira said Rabibi Amar Rabiyech Rabiyech and says Moidoi Rabmeir Bali Mumin. Even Rabmeir would agree that if you take a defective animal and you had a mind for a carbon pesach and you slaughtered it on Shabbos, you're liable for desecrating Shabbos. So what's the difference between a Balmum and a calf? Amalei but Balmum Le Tarebu. A Balmum. Everyone knows that a defective animal can be offered as a sacrifice. Period. Period. Any sacrifice. He can't say I made a mistake. But here, but here, taught it. Here he was busy because it was it was a kosher animal. He was busy with offering his peace offering, a calf as a peace offering. Rashi says since he since he consecrated the animal. Since he consecrated the animal, he's thinking I have to bring it as a sacrifice. So therefore, in this case, if he has a mind for the sake of a Pesach, he's exempt from from a... Because um, he says, he, right, according to the mayor, it doesn't matter he's busy with a carbon Pesach. That's not the criteria. The criteria is... That he's busy with a shlamim, he's busy with a mitzvah, he's busy with a shlamim. But in the case of a blemished animal, defective animal, he's not busy with any mitzvah. Everyone knows a defective animal is not a kosher animal. But here, as long as he's busy with a mitzvah, any mitzvah, and therefore he made a mistake and he, he offered it as a carbon pesah, he's exempt from a, from a sinof. That's how he makes, he makes the distinction. What if What would a mayor say in the case if he brought a, a, a non-consecrated animal, a regular animal, and he offered the shame pesach? He didn't even consecrate it as a carbon pesach. What would a mayor say? Is it like a balmum, a defective animal, that he would be liable for slaughtering on Shabbos, even though he had a mind for a carbon pesach, or no? He never consecrated. He never consecrated. Not even at the moment he brought it. Never consecrated. Amalei, so he responded. 
So Rav Nachman responded to Rav, Peter, a mayor, a mayor would exempt a filichul in Hashem Pesach. Even chulin for the sake of Pesach. Why is it any different from a defective animal? Even Rameir agrees that you're exempt because you're not busy with a defective animal. It's not a mitzvah. You know a defective animal can't be offered as a sacrifice. So too, you should argue, chulin, since chulin cannot be brought as a, as a carbon, you can't just take a regular animal and offer it. You have to first consecrate it. So therefore, he wasn't busy with a mitzvah. So, you, so why why do you say that you would be exempt from you would not be liable for sin offering for desecrating Shabbat? So you might answer is Bali mumin le mechlef Bali mumin defective animals you won't come to confuse you can't confuse a, a defective animal with a regular animal Hani mechlefi here you mistake. You're not gonna you're not gonna mix up a defective animal with a, with a sacred animal. Here, maybe you got mixed up. You had two, you had an animal in front of you. You thought that it was consecrated. You didn't realize it wasn't consecrated. They look the same. There's no label on it consecrated. <laughs> They're the same animal. I didn't know. I thought this was consecrated. They used to take every tenth animal and tie a string on it. So you know. For tithing, but uh, yeah. but here there was, yeah, yeah, there's, right, there's right. No, nothing to distinguish. It's a spiritual status. I, I I don't know. What is its status then? But defective, you can tell the difference. But what is its status? Any day of the year, if you bring chulin, any day. No, it's it's disqualified. You can't bring chulin. Uh, yeah. You can't offer chulin nazar. You can't slaughter chulin nazar. You can't be eaten at all. No, but it's not. It's not a kosher carbon. So, so you desecrated Shabbos. He says, no, since you could make a mistake, therefore you're not liable. What do you do with it? Give it to the Kohen, the, the scar? If you slaughter Chulun Bazar. That's the reasoning of Rabbi Meir, whether you, you could, could confuse or you don't confuse. exempted even a calf. A calf that was designated and consecrated as a peace offering. But you slaughtered it for the sake of Pesach. So, so over there you can't you can't confuse you can't confuse a calf as a carbon pesach. Everyone knows a carbon pesach is a sheep or a goat, not a calf, right? So therefore, so and nevertheless, he holds you exempt. So if that's the case, even cholin, even though you can't, you can't. Uh, 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 then even a balmum, even if you can't, if you can't uh, uh, confuse, nevertheless, you should be exempt. The reasoning of Rameir is from the Tarot. The reasoning of Rameir is because you're busy. Not because you're mixed up. So the question is, Chulun, I'm not busy. Okay, I can understand that Shlomim, I'm busy with bringing a sacrifice. Ever, ever since you consecrated the animal, you're busy with bringing a sacrifice. So therefore, you made a mistake and you, you brought it for the sake of a Pesach. So you're exempt. But in the case of Chulun, I'm not busy with the Chulun. It's a regular animal. So what excuse do I have if I had a mind to bring a carbon Pesach? So in that case, I should be liable for a sin offering. I desecrated Shabbos. So he answered, so he answered like this. So he responded, if he's busy, I've got If he's busy, like with a calf, even though you can't come to confuse it with a carbon Pesach, you're exempt 
from, from a sinofer because you're busy. But michlav, if you uh, if you can mix them two up like a chulin, which looks identical, like a carbon pesach, a consecrated animal, African later, even if you're not busy, it's chulin. Lafuki balimumin to exempt balimumin, defective animals, they have both things going against them. I can't confuse, mix up a defective animal with a non-defective animal. And I'm not busy. A defective animal, I'm not busy with offering it as a sacrifice. I know I can't offer it as a sacrifice. So I have two strikes against it. So in that case, may would agree that you have to bring a liable for sin offering if you offer the defective animal by mistake. You, you desecrated Shabbos by mistake and you have to bring a sin offering. You, yep. can't, you can't hide it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They would say, speak is sitting, and they said, instead of eating the barbecued carbon pesach, instead they ended up eating uh, they ended up eating the barbecue nicer, <laughs> a leftover, which is uh, you get you lose your life and you have to bring a sin offering if you do it unintentionally. So even though they were busy with a the mitzvah, they were busy with eating the the the, the barbecued carbon pesach, but nevertheless, they ended up eating something that's prohibited. So you have to bring a carbon chatos. Rabbi Yechonon Rabbi said. Rabbi Yechanan added, he says, Boal, if one, by mistake, had was intimate with his wife who was a nida, you're liable to bring a sin offering. Because if, if you have intentional relationships with a woman who menstruates, you lose your life. If you do it unintentionally, you have to bring a sin offering. But if, if you have intimate relations with your sister-in-law, Your Yavama, your brother's wife, who died childless. And the Torah obligates you to marry her. So even though she was a Nida, and you did that sin by mistake, Baal Potter, why? Because you end up doing a mitzvah. The bottom line is, you did a mitzvah. You fulfilled the mitzvah of Yibam. So since you fulfilled the mitzvah, therefore you're exempt. In the case of the Shpud of Neisar, in the case of there, I didn't end up doing a mitzvah. All I did was a sin. There was no mitzvah involved. I, I, all I did was a sin. I didn't end, the, eat, eat, end up eating the carbon Pesach. I ended up eating something that's not allowed for me to eat, Neisar. So therefore, therefore, in that case, you're liable to bring a chatas. But in the case of Yibum, since I ended up doing a mitzvah, therefore I'm exempt from a sinner. Okay. could have waited. No, he didn't know. We'll see in a second. Now, what does Rabbi Yechonon hold? What's Rabbi Yechonon's opinion in the case of Rish Lakish? Rish Lakish, in the case of the Shbud of Neus. What does Rabbi Yechonon hold in that case? So we have two opinions. Some say, There surely is Chayev. He didn't do any mitzvah. In the case of his wife, she was a Nidah. But at least he did a mitzvah. 
making your wife happy is a mitzvah. You have an obligation to make your wife happy. So at least you did a mitzvah. That's the hardest mitzvah in the Torah. <laughs> so at least you fulfilled a mitzvah. In the case of eating, eating the nice, I didn't do any mitzvah. So surely, if you have to bring a sin offering by making your wife happy, if she doesn't need that, how much more so? Rabbi Yechelen would agree with Reish Lakish, you have to bring a sin offering. Is the Amri? Others say no. Rabbi Yechelen argues with Reish Lakish. By Hippotter. There, in that case, is exempt. My timer. Why? Because in the case of the wife, even though you end up doing a mitzvah, but the bottom line, you should have asked her. Why didn't you ask her? Did you menstruate? Did you, menstruate? you just went and had relations without asking? Yeah. Been diligent all right, and right. And, and, you, know, you have to be awake. You both have to be awake. You have to ask her. Here, there's no one to ask. Who am I going to ask? I'm going to ask this roasted meat. Are you nicer or not? It looked the same to me. I made a mistake. There was no one to ask. So in that case, you'd be exempt. He was busy with a mitzvah. He was busy with eating the barbecue carbon paste. By mistake, <laughs> he just he made a mistake. He was no one, and there's nobody to ask. So maybe he should be exempt. Now the Gemara asks, Rabbi Eichnon, Maishna Yevim to the Kavim Mitzvah. Why in the case of the Yibum, and he had relations with her, she was a Nida, he's exempt from a sin offering, because he did a Mitzvah of Yibum. Mishtinami covered this. He also did a Mitzvah. They have children. The Gemara Bishtinu better, she's pregnant. So you know from this intimacy, no, you can't give birth to any children. You can't fulfill any Mitzvahs. She's already pregnant. In fact, the Gemara Vika Simcha Zayna, but there's a Mitzvah of Oyna. Everyone has an obligation. A husband has an obligation. It depends how hard you work, how unemployed you are, or whatever, how hard you work, or what kind of work you have. You have an obligation, whether once a month, or once a week, or twice a week, or every night. Everyone has their obligations, depending on, on how you work, to, to, to make your wife happy. So yeah, you, so you have a mitzvah. What's the difference? I think mother says he was being intimate with her. He was fulfilling a mitzvah. He was doing a biblical obligation. And mother says, it wasn't the time. It wasn't that once a week or whatever it was. It wasn't. Practically, mother, Amar Rava, Rava said, "Chayiv Adam Usamech Yisrael Devar Mitzvah Samach Levesna." Rava said that a person is obligated to rejoice his wife with Devar Mitzvah Samach Levest. Here they see Samach Levest is the answer. Yeah, but. In the end, they're saying here that the woman was pregnant and he really messed up, you know? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. That when you see that your wife wants intimacy, she's craving intimacy, and she's giving you signals. She's putting on her perfume, and she's getting dressed up, and yeah. she's being extra nice to you. So when you, you get all the signals, you can't just ignore it. Yeah, you're obligated. So even not prashasin, not so any time your wife wants to be intimate with you, you have an obligation. So I did a mitzvah. So you can answer samach levesta. When samach levesta, when you're not allowed to be intimate with her, you have to worry that maybe she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna start menstruating. She has a fixed time. So any time close to that fixed time, twelve hours before, you have to worry. Maybe this is gonna be the time that the, within the twelve hours that 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 she will uh, she will see she will uh, she will. So and that's when he was intimate with her. So he had no right to be intimate with her. Not only he had no right, he, he, he did a sin. Taylor says you're not allowed to. So not only didn't he do a mitzvah, not only doesn't he have an obligation, chayav, the Sameach is ostracized, prohibited on every level. So therefore, he's liable to bring a sin off. Yehoshi, if that's the case, I feel you vimtinami. 
So if, if it was so Yavam was the same case. It was next to her vessel, right next to the time when she's you're expecting her to, to get a period. So what right did you have? So you can't tell me because he did a mitzvah. In the case of a wife is also you say it's not a mitzvah. He's embarrassed of her. He doesn't know her. It's his sister-in-law. It's not his wife yet. So he's ashamed to ask. He's not ashamed to ask. So he should have asked. <coughs> so the question was, the Yivama, there's no mitzvah. The Torah doesn't tell you to be meyavim at that moment. You're not allowed to be miyavim at that moment. He says, since he was ashamed to ask, he didn't know it was he didn't know it was right next to Yevimti. So he didn't he didn't have a way of knowing. So therefore, since he did a mitzvah, <coughs> therefore he's exempt. In the case of the Nida, his wife, he should have asked him. No excuse. Wait, there is the mitzvah appropriation also. No, we we already said that. Oh, that's true. That, so that, then, that, this that, intimacy that is not going to lead. It's not going to lead to any any right, birth. Already, right, right. Already, already, she's pregnant. Rabbi Yechlon, come on. Who did Rabbi Yechlon hold? Yevama, who's a nida, is exempt from a carbon chatas. If you're going to say. <laughs> he follows the opinion of Rabbi Yeshi. Now we learn the Mishnah. In tract it's Sukkot, Rabbi Yeshi, Amen. Yom, Tevarishon Shachagel, Shalli is B'Shabbos, the first day of Sukkot. That falls out on Shabbos. B'Shachach, and he forgot where it is, Salulav, Shusar Abim. And he carried the Lulav in the public domain, desecrating Shabbos, carrying a Shabbos. Potter is exam. Why? Nisha Hoytzi B'Shus. Because he had permission. He was busy with a mitzvah. Only reason he ended, he was carrying because he was busy with Hashem's mitzvah. So it's Hashem's fault. And he ended up by mistake carrying and carrying in the public. He got carried away, and then he ended up carrying in the public. So he's exempt. So if that's Rabbi Yechnan's following, this money ball, maybe there is different because there's a set time. The only day that you're biblically obligated to shake the lulav outside of the Beis Migdash is. It's the first day. So there's a limited time. That's why he's, he's rushed. He has to, he was so worried about doing the mitzvah. So he forgot that, it's, he's, that he's carrying in the public. He's forgot that he's carrying in public. But here, the Torah doesn't give you a fixed time. You can wait till, wait, wait seven days, wait till she goes to the mikvah. Who says it has to be now? So maybe in this case, you should be liable for sin offering. You should have waited, clarified. Yeah. And what's Lawrence? You could do it the second day. Rabbi Shua this Vach. You must say Rabbi Yechnas following Rabbi Shua and track this Vach. That we learned our mission. That if someone slaughters for the sake of Pesach, he says he's exempt. If you take a peace offering, let's say, and you have a mind for the sake of a sacrifice of Pesach offering, you're exempt for you're not liable for sin offering. Why? Because you were busy with a mitzvah. And you did a mitzvah. You brought a sacrifice, which is a mitzvah. Don't forget the other sacrifice is not disqualified. You're allowed to eat from it. You don't fulfill your obligation, but it's a mitzvah. Eating, offering a sacrifice is a mitzvah. So to over here, Rabbi Yechon is following in that opinion that since he was busy, since he the end he had a mind for a mitzvah, and he did a mitzvah, therefore he's exempt. 
There also, it's, it's a limited time, it's a window, six hours in the afternoon of Erev Pesach, the 14th of Nisan. So, so therefore then you're exempt him. But here again, there's no, there's no time limit. Who says you have to marry today? Wait. Well, look at Rabbi Yeshua, the Tinoikis. No, but he's saying he's following Rabbi Yeshua in the case of the bris, the two babies, the Shabbos baby and the Friday baby. But Hasam Nam is Manibo, there also. It's an eight day. It's, it's, it's limited in time. There's a, there's a narrow window. So maybe that, only in that case you're exempt. How could Rabbi Yechna learn in the case of Yevama that you're exempt? Well, look at Rabbi Shua the Truma. He's following Rabbi Shua in tracted Truma. Now we learn the Mishnah, Yechel. Betruma. A Koyin was eating Truma with Noida, and then he re- found out who Ben Grusha Ben Chalutz. He's not a Koyin. He's the son of a woman who's divorced. His father, the Koyin, married a woman he was not allowed to marry. And therefore the son has, doesn't have any laws of a Koyin. He's, he's Neschalel. He doesn't have any laws. He has no holiness of a Koyin. He's not allowed to eat Truma. Ben Chalutz. So what do you do? He, so it turns out he ate Truma. He wasn't allowed to eat the trum. Rabbi Lezer mechayev keren v'chaymish. Rabbi Lezer says, it's like a Yisrael. It's like an Israelite who eats trum. You have to pay back the, the principal. You have to pay, add the chaymish. And Rabbi Shua paid Rabbi Shua exempts. Because since it was a mistake, since it was a mistake, because he made a mistake with a mitzvah. He was busy with a mitzvah. He thought he's a koyin. He was busy doing a mitzvah. Hashem commanded him to eat the trum. So therefore, he was doing a mitzvah by eating the truma. So therefore, even though it ended up being a mistake, he's exempt, he's not liable. He doesn't have to pay the chaymish. We said, my time with Rabbi Yeshua, what's the reasoning of Rabbi Yeshua? The chesivit says, Baruch Hashem Chelep, Yod of Tiltz. It says, in the brach at the end, at the end of the chaymish, Vezais HaBracha, so Moshe gives a bracha to Levi and he says, Hashem blessed Chele, a poil yodav, in the work of his hand, Tirza. So, so we learn out that even Chele, even a Koyen who was a Cholo, <coughs> who doesn't have any holiness, but he didn't know it, he thought that he was a Koyen. So Hashem says, after the fact, the poil yodav Tirza, Hashem accepts his service. Okay, but that's true of service. Truma, eating Truma, where do you see that service? In other words, where do you see that Truma is called Avoida? We learn He didn't come at night to the evening. He didn't come to the shul, to the coil, to learn. The Shachar is in the morning. found him. Why didn't you come yesterday to the base of to study? I was serving. I was doing the service. Tarfum was a Koyan. Said, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's, it's a wondrous word. Today, service, the temple was already destroyed. What service? What are you talking about? It says, I'm going to give you a service of a gift. And a person who was, who was a stranger is not a Koyan. Who does the service is going to die? So the act of eating the matana, the gifts of the koyin, is like avoid, and therefore it's a service.
So therefore, right, so that's a question. In other words, this can't be the source for, for Rabbi Eichel. How could you compare Yavam? Here we have a special pasuk that teaches me that since he didn't know, nevertheless it's accepted. So the question remains, where does Rabbi Yeshua, where does Rabbi Yechanan get his source from? Right? So what's the answer? It looks like you say he gets no, that's what I'm going to add. Oh, we missed the whole piece here. I'm going to add Dilma, 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 since Truma is called Avoida, and therefore Avoida that a, a Koyan who didn't know that he was invalid. And he does the Avoida after the fact Hashem accepts it. That's what he said. So we talk about no proof. Okay, everyone have a wonderful, wonderful day.